This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Did contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz, and I hope your weekend was a good one and your day is going well. Uh, Today, we're excited to learn more about the League of Women Voters from our guest, Ruth O'Dell, who's the co-president of the Mississippi uh, League of Women Voters. Uh, it's great to have you here, uh, Ms. Odell. Good morning. Could you please good tell morning. us? Well, great to have you. Um, what is your background and how did you become interested in the league? All right. I retired about seven years ago um, as a school superintendent. My last nine years, 34 years in the public schools. And I moved to, back to Oxford to because of my grandchildren. And um, and, and I've always had a love for this state. Um But when I got here, I wanted to find activities in retirement that uh, would help me work on the issues that I'm interested in and I want to help other people with, but not have to get involved in partisan politics. And that's the beauty of the League of Women Voters is it's nonpartisan grassroots organization working to protect and expand voting rights, which is the key to everything. And then we also do advocacy and voter education and occasionally litigation. But um, it's all issue oriented, not candidate oriented. And I really have appreciated that. And you mentioned uh, uh, the League of Women Voters uh, in Mississippi. How does that, what is, what is it nationwide? What exactly is the League of Women Voters? Well, League of Women Voters is 103 years old. And it was established uh, out, uh, by Carrie Catt, Carrie Chapman Catt, who was the suffragette and was very crucial in getting women's suffrage rights passed. And uh, she realized that we needed, when the women got the vote, that they would need education as far as how to use the vote, you know, and what the issues were. So that's how the League of Women Voters was uh, born and established. It's been around a long time doing this work. Well, how, you know, I always, when, when something is a not-for-profit, I always like to ask this question. So how are you funded? Okay. Basically, we have a 503C4, which means we are not, we are a politically engaged uh, organization. So it's not uh, tax deductible to make a contribution to that part. But we have a 503C3, which is nonpartisan. It's our education fund. So contributions to that are tax deductible. And that's where we do all of our education, you know, and all of the registration information and all of that. Our advocacy comes out of the other part. But we have mainly uh, in Mississippi, ours comes from dues from our member, from our members, and uh, some contributions and grants is how our state league is run. The National League has a lot of contributions that's probably more even than their end member. 
their per member payments. But, um, you know, they they uh, are much bigger and more robust than these state leagues. Of course, we have some big states, and so some of them have executive directors and that kind of thing. But in Mississippi, we're all volunteers. Well, and as Professor Gershon can uh, tell us and has told us before, a tax-deductible contribution isn't what it used to be anymore. (laughs) Okay. You know, we, uh, it makes it it's much harder to, uh, to itemize these days. That's yes, yeah. that's uh, right. But, but, you know, Mississippians on the whole are very generous people. And even Absolutely. the small, relatively small percentage of uh, itemizers, real high percentage of contributions. So, um, you know, if this is an organization you want to support, you should support it. And uh, yes, they do some good things. Now, what I speak that. So I... You know, in researching for this this uh, show, knew that you did uh, a lot with voters, and we'll talk about that, obviously. But what are some of the other initiatives you mentioned? Uh, some of the advocacy that you do. Yes, mm-hmm. Ad- advocacy and any positions that we take, any uh, issues we want to advocate around, we study. So I want that you know to be made clear. We're not we're not uh, just getting on a bandwagon with whatever is the latest thing. Uh, so these are studied. We have great conversation about it before we pick our initiatives every year. So right now we are working on expanding Medicaid access to include working families. We just, you know, affordable health care and access to health care is crucial uh, to have a, a citizenry, you know, that can really participate in the, the government process. Um, we've especially been concerned about postpartum women, women who, after they give birth, to have more services up to a year. So we worked for that hard last year, along with a lot of other organizations, and we were pleased to see those expanded then. But now we'd like to see Medicaid access expanded across the board. Also, funding adequate public education. So, you know, there that's just an ongoing uh, issue in this state, and the disparities are so marked that uh, we've got to do something to make our districts more equitable so that every child in this state has access to a good education. You're not going to make any other kind of progress unless that happens. And then, of course, you will, you said you want to get into this a little bit later, and we will, will but course, the crucial piece of a democracy is voting. So we've got to have fair, accessible, and simplified voting. It is too complicated to vote in Mississippi, and it's not as accessible and as fair as it needs to be. Uh, so those, those are those, those. And then we've added another one this year because we had a lot of interest among our members about gun violence. And it's a new priority to us. It's very complex issues. And uh, so we want to see if we can work with all sides of these issues to come up with some, uh, you know, some acceptable to everybody interventions so that we can reduce some of that in our state. So overall, those are our big issues. And, and, uh, you know, just to reiterate, I think uh, you said this before, you're not a partisan group. No, absolutely not. And we we welcome everybody from all parties, all, you know, all viewpoints to please 
become part of our community where we can discuss these things. There's so many, so few arenas left where people can talk across some of our our barriers and boundaries. And we want to create that kind of environment in every one of our chapters. And I guess, is this a silly question? Is the League of Women Voters all women? No, 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 no. Uh, we have it, uh, we're open to men, absolutely. And we have men in every one of our chapters, I think. Um, but overall, we do take a stance, I have to say, on issues that are particularly concerned women, children, and families. But we're interested across the board. And we have many men who share those same uh, goals and uh their values are similar to ours. We really invite everyone to be part of a league. It it does seem like some of those topics you mentioned were family and people oriented, yeah. not yes. maybe business or corporation uh, yes. oriented. Right. True. This is in legal terms. Not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, if you would like to learn more about the League of Women Voters, you can easily go to their website. And man, is it easy to remember, LWV. Now, to learn about the league nearest you, you just kind of scroll down a little bit and you type in your zip code. Mississippi has six leagues, East Central, Gulf Coast, North Mississippi, Pine Belt, Golden Triangle, and the Jackson area, all within the state league. And if you want to learn more about the League of Women Voters, we did a episode about that. You have to go in the Wayback Machine on January 15th of 2019. We had some League of Women Voter representatives on in legal terms. So that's January 15th of 2019. You can find that podcast. And as we get closer to the election, check out the vote411.org Hopefully, there'll be some information about uh, our candidates and their positions if they choose to fill out the uh, the uh, questionnaires that the league sends them. So you can find out and make an informed decision when you go to vote. We are talking about the League of Women Voters with our North Mississippi co-president, Ruth O'Dell. And I'm actually going to... I'm going to correct one thing. She is the co-president for the entire state, actually, uh, of Mississippi. And, uh, and we're really happy to have her here. And, and so we know, I guess, voting is part of your name, right? We, we yes. <laughs> yes. It's our bread and butter issue, for sure. And I was a little bit surprised, you know, about all the other initiatives. And we'll, we'll talk about those uh, in further detail later. But let's talk voting, because that, that clearly is an important issue for the league. And um how do I register to vote? How, how does that happen? Okay, I'm going to send you to the same way, same place that Liz just uh, 
gave us a shout out for, and that's vote411.org. This is a League of Women Voters platform. So this is funded by the League of Women Voters and their educational fund. And you can go on there and type in your address and it will tell you where to vote. You can also go through it and check if your registration. It was a good idea now to check out, check your registration to be sure you're still registered to vote. You haven't been purged from the polls in any way. Um, you can also download a registration form there and then take it to your circuit clerk's office or mail it in. And there's directions on how to do that. But let's just say you're not you're not computer savvy, okay? Well, you can go to your circuit clerk's office, and you can find that out by just googling it in your phone. Where where's your circuit clerk's office? You can go there and also register to vote. And right now, up until October the ninth or so, uh, all the League of Women Voters people are out and about at, at different festivals and gatherings in your communities. Uh, and registering people to vote. Um, so look for those people. But when all else fails, go to that circuit clerk's office or call them and find out how to get a registration form and register because you're going to have to do that by October the 9th. That's one of the many, many dates that Mississippi has. Okay, so 30 days before the election is the cutoff for registering for that election. And this year, that's October the 9th. And if you mail it in, if you mailed in your registration form, it needs to be postmarked by October the 10th. So, you know, a little more confusion, but it's October the 10th that it has to be postmarked by. And then they have to receive it by October the 28th. And remember, and you'll if have you, to have your, go ahead. No, no, you, you finish. I just want to say that you'll have to have your driver's license number. It all, it tells all that to you on vote for one, what kind of a, a license number or an ID number that you have to use and what what kind of a form of ID to, do, to you can use with your application. So look at all that, too. And just remember, if you do see these folks out there, they are nonpartisan. They're not you don't register for a party. You're just registering to vote in the state of Mississippi. We have yes. a caller. It's Raylani from Hattiesburg. Raylani, thanks for calling in today when we are talking about uh, voting and the League of Women Voters. Uh, hey, Ro- hey Raylani. How are you? Hi, Ruth. Thank you for being <laughs> on. You've Thank supplied you. some great information. I just wanted to say uh, the question about our, is the organization all women? And you respond with, we have we do have men, or men can um, join. But I want to say to students who might be listening or parents who have students in college, we encourage students, and they are at a a lower rate for membership. And many of our uh, members, I'm a member of the Pine Belt here in Hattiesburg, uh, and we are nonpartisan. But we encourage young people to take a part. And if you're at staying on campus or at a university to, and you want to register, don't forget to add your P.O. box. Because without that P.O. box, your, your ballot goes out to nowhere. Uh, it's not counted. So that was mainly what I wanted to say. And we 
need people to get out the vote. Yes. And Raylani is an icon of voter rights in Hattiesburg, and she's first vice president of the State League uh, Voter Services person. So she's a great one to be out there encouraging these young people to get involved. Well, and she's a fantastic uh, MPB Think Radio listener. We always love when Raylani calls in. She always has great questions and comments yeah. for our shows. We we love our regular listeners and are excited when we learn things about them like they are also supporters of uh, League of Women Voters. Thanks, Raylani. We appreciate you at MPB. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that, that was a great call, and we appreciate that. And, and uh, no. How do we find out where to vote? I think that causes confusion for people. I know uh, there are even been situations I've read in Jackson where uh, yeah. this has changed and, you know, right before mm-hmm. the election. So. Yeah, that's another way that things are made confusing in our state about voting is, uh, is this changing in precincts. But, okay, if you go on vote411.org and you put in your address, it will tell you what your voting precinct is. If you have a voter registration card, it should have it on there. And if all else fails, call that circuit clerk. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. These are people uh, just like you and me. You know, they're not the big policymakers. They're the people who are employed in these offices. And I find them all to be very helpful. And they don't make you feel stupid for your questions or anything like that. They will do everything they can to help you register to vote and vote in the correct place. I find public servants are, I mean, you could get a job paying more somewhere else. You don't ever yes. go work at the mm-hmm. circuit clerks for the for the glory or for the money. It's because it's for the mission. And yes. they they want to help you. They want it to be right. So they they don't want you to show up at the wrong precinct place because then they're going to hear about it on the other side. I have voted absentee um, several times and I've had gone to the circuit clerk's office and here I'm supposed to know it. OK, what to do. And you have to. You have to write your name across the uh, back that and go your your name has to go across the fold. OK, so it's obviously nobody else has opened it once you have sealed it. And my name didn't go like as far as it needed to be. And so the the uh, per, the voter work, the worker there in the in the uh, department uh, helped me see that. She said, oh, you better do. You're going to have to do this again. Make your name go across. So uh, they really do help. So don't feel intimidated. Just go down there and ask your questions or call them on the phone. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned absentee because, you know, what if somebody needs to vote absentee? You mentioned you go to the clerk's office. What? Hey, so hold, you know, you, you got to hold on to hear about all of this because this can get complicated as well. But don't let it. Do not let it intimidate you. If you you have there's a number of ways or criteria that makes you qualified um, to vote absentee, and you can find that on your voter vote for one one website. But um, if you are going to be gone from the county for any reason that you will not be able to vote that day, but then there's some other ones like. Uh, 
If you are a student, teacher, administrator, you can vote absentee. Um, if you're a person with a temporary or permanent physical disability, anybody that's 65 years of age or older can vote absentee. Um, so these are these are ways, the only way we have actually to be able to vote early. And one of the North Mississippi League members, Sue Fino, has done a great job of letting all, uh, reminding all of us if that if you're eligible to vote absentee, you're going to make the lines long, uh, less long, you know, shorter for the people who have to vote on that election day. Um, so that's another good reason that if you qualify to the to, uh, to go ahead and use your right to use an absentee ballot. So you have to request your absentee ballot five days before the election. That, the cutoff is there. And you can return your absentee ballot request through the mail or in person. And it has to be postmarked by election day and received up to five days after the election in order to be counted. And the, the Secretary of State even has an online tool. If you'll go to his um, website, the Secretary of State website, and you'll see there's an online tool, and you can actually track your your absentee ballot. But Pretty neat. Let's go to our next call. It's in Raleigh. Katie has called in. Katie, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms, where we're talking about voting with the League of Women Voters. What's your comment or question? Uh, good morning. I have a comment. I just wanted to um, thank the League of Women Voters so much for the wealth of information that that you have on your website and I I particularly tune into it um, before elect before an election and um, I regardless of which party the candidates are with I give them a lot of points if they've even yes. taken the time and bothered to answer those questions <laughs> and it really yeah, is right. disheartening that so many do not. And it sort of feels like a slap in the face to me as a voter when they don't. So it really, I really give them a lot of points when they do answer. And thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for calling in. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. You can also find MPB Think Radio recordings at mpbonline.org slash radio. On the League of Women Voters national website, which is lwv.org, you can find information about expanding voter access, restricting money in politics, and fighting over voter suppression, there's also information about health care, the environment, census, and immigration. And a attentive listener emailed us at our, our email address, legalterms at mpbonline.org, to let me know that the State League's website is lwv-ms.org. We are talking today about the League of Women Voters in Mississippi with our guest, Ruth O'Dell, co-president for Mississippi. We have a couple of calls on the line. Let's go first 
to uh, Terry and speak with Jackie. Jackie, we love to hear folks comment about experience, and I understand you have some. What's your comment or question? Yes, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, Several years ago, the last presidential election, my husband and I volunteered with the Good Samaritan Center in Jackson to help take people to the polls. And what we ran into is we'd also worked with them to help register voters in the Jackson area. People, you can register people all day long, and this is wonderful, but if they don't have a picture ID to take into the poll with them, that's where they get roadblocked. And as we know, a lot of people in Mississippi, in the Jackson metro area, don't have the means or transportation to get to the highway department or another. I think there is a, another place. I think if I'm correct, uh, and your your guest may be able to correct me, downtown there's an office, either circuit clerk's office or something where you can go with some information and get a picture ID. But again, it's transportation. It's, you know, the means. And also I remember reading at that time on a nationalvote.org website that um, uh, if, if they have any kind of um, picture ID that's um, legal, like a, I don't know, if it, even if it's an expired driver's license, within 10 years, it would still be valid. And that may be, and I'm not, I don't want to stand by that fact either. That could be wrong. But mainly, my point is picture IDs. Um, citizen, you know, in Mississippi, you have to have it to walk into the polls. Thank you, Jackie. We appreciate you calling in about that. Yeah, and, um, you know, there's a, a, a website. We'll have the link and all the list of things that you do need to uh, what voter IDs are, driver's license, photo ID issued by a branch or entity of the state, passport, government employee ID, firearms license, student ID by a college, university, or community, military ID, tribal photo ID, any other ID issued by any branch, department, agency, or entity of the U.S. government, or a Mississippi voter identification card. But, uh, yeah, Ruth, do you have any comments about uh, how easy or hard it is to get an ID to vote? It's just another hurdle that we are requiring people to go through that I don't know that that's it's always necessary, but we know we got to go by the rules. And so that's what we're going to do. All the acceptable forms of ID are what you just said. Okay, so I think that's great if we could get that in the the, uh, notes for this program. But if you don't have any of those forms of ID, you can go to your circuit clerk's office during normal business hours, and you can apply for a Mississippi voter ID card, okay, at no cost. Uh, So there's a telephone number I can give also in the notes that you can call um, to get some, you know, more information about what you would have to bring with you to get that. But um, there is, if you don't have any of these things, you still can get a Mississippi voter ID card at no cost, Thanks so much, Jackie. We uh, appreciate you calling in. Uh, Earlier in the show, we've been talking a little bit about absentee voting, and I think that's what Elizabeth from Gulfport has a question about. Elizabeth, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. What's your comment or question? Yes, I was wondering if you register absentee, does that become a permanent issue, 
or do you have to register for every election? No, you, you, you're going to register one time, okay? Uh, but the absentee okay. voting, if you vote absentee one time, that doesn't mean you have to vote absentee forever, okay? That's per election. Don't okay. get well, absentee I'm voting I'm- confused with registration. Oh, okay. And where do I go to do the absentee voting? To your circuit clerk's office. Excellent. Thank you very much. You Thank, bet. Uh-huh. Thanks, Elizabeth. And in fact, you, you, if you vote absentee once, I mean, there's always another election. There's always another uh, runoff or another primary. And you, you don't get it automatically. You just have to keep going back or quit, keep requesting right. one. Right. Our uh, engineer, Abram, had a, a point. He, he's new to MPB and he's new to the metro area. You were, were you a Golden Triangle uh, former resident? Tupelo area. Tupelo area. Well, is in the, isn't that in the Golden Triangle? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, you know he's new to Mississippi, so or new to the his his street address. So if he wants to vote for his particular, uh, you know, the things in our in our in our town in our state uh, that are local to his address, he's got to get a new voter registration. He's got to re-register. Yeah, are you new to Mississippi? I mean, Abram, are you? Does he mean he's new to Mississippi, or is he just moved? No, I've just moved down to the Jackson Metro area. I've been in Mississippi my whole life, and I've registered okay, in okay. the Tupelo area. Yeah, you've just got to change your address, okay? Oh, and best bet. <laughs> you can do that online, I believe. Is that? I think yes. you can you do the Secretary your, of State's office. Yeah, go to your Secretary of State's office. And it will give you the directions on uh, changing your address. Or once again, call your circuit clerk's office. And uh, did you say you're in Jackson now? So call that circuit clerk's office and talk to them about changing your address. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh huh. And join the Jackson Area League. They would love to have you. Perfect. And. And Abram, the good thing is too, when you when you register to vote, um, you also are registered to be a, on a jury, which is uh, you know we need yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad you're doing that. Um, my daughter uh, uh, changed her address when she, she moved from Rankin County, and they were able, she was actually even able to uh, update her um, voter registration when she updated her license. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's another way when you check, go get a new license, but a uh, license, yes. Well, you know, you mentioned purging of voter rolls. Um, and uh, the last caller said you have to register again. And as long as you're voting, you don't. But how, how can you be purged? What, when does that happen? Well, I, I would hate to, to really comment on that because I'm not exactly sure but the state, the secretary of state now has the authority to purge the rolls if someone is not using their voting right. And I, I'm not, I don't want to say how many elections you have to miss. Um, if one of our staff, our website people are listening, maybe they can look it up for me. But, um, 
you know, I don't remember if it's just one election or if it's two elections and then they'll purge it. But he has the right to do that now. Well, we have the right to vote. So that's kind of. So that's why another reason why on vote 411, there's a, a place to check your voter registration to be sure that it's up to date. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we talked on the show before about the importance of actually voting, too. And, and, what- and I want to say that. I, I'd really like to comment there. Um, it, registering to vote is wonderful. It's something we're really good at, and we do it. And I've seen data where, like, in the state of Mississippi, in most counties, 85% or something of people are registered to vote. And no way does 85% turn out to vote. So we're really trying to put our uh, investment of time and some money into doing some digital campaigning in some of our um, counties that don't turn out to vote. Uh, And so, you know, just trying our best to get that word out that use your right. You know, people have worked hard. People have died in order for you to have that right. Um, I say this to high school students every time we are out at our high schools voting. And then something people just have lost sight of today, I think. From the rules, if you haven't voted within the past four years. Yeah. Is it how many years? Is that Abram telling us? The um, un- under House Bill uh, 1310, county mm-hmm. registrar mm-hmm. offices must survey their voter rolls every presidential election cycle if someone has not voted at least since the primary election in the previous presidential election cycle they will be placed on inactive status sent a letter Mm -hmm. asking if they still live at that location and they have four years to take action before they're removed from any roles so voters placed on inactive status will not be eligible to vote in their precinct and must cast an affidavit ballot. The list removes someone from the selection pool for jury duty. This was uh, uh, all of the news stations. This was from mpbonline.org. All of them did it in March, when in March of 2023, House Bill 1310 yes. was passed. Thank you. So mm-hmm. if you didn't... I guess every we haven't gone four years. So in um, twenty, I, I guess twenty uh, night twenty sixteen. If you didn't vote then, then you're off the rolls. And if you had didn't vote in the twenty twenty election, they're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we and really just check your registration. Just check it. And if you've moved, be sure you contact that circuit clerk and let them know you moved precincts, whatever. You want to be sure that thing is up to date and you're, you're there. Uh, this whole purging of the rolls is, a, is a, another hurdle that we have in our state. Uh, it's not fair, accessible for all people, we- and it needs to be. We got another email, and then we'll take our our last break. Uh, This uh, listener says, I vote and I understand voting, but my question is for the people that don't vote and always say, what is the point of voting when they know their nominee will never win? Thank you. 
I I guess you don't always know if your nominee won't ever win. And I know even, um, you know, just to get into practice, I think it was in Rankin County, there was, you know, a uh, something was decided by one vote. And yes. I've, I've even heard other other um, places where they've had a vote and it's tied and they've recounted it twice. And it was won by a coin flip where yes. uh, it, but if you don't get into the pra- my opinion, if you don't get into the practice of voting for what's uh, for what's local and close and has the most direct appeal to your street, then, you know, of course, you're not going to vote for the larger ones. What's your uh, opinion on the folks who just don't vote because they don't feel like it's important, Ruth? My opinion of them is I'm not have any opinion about them as people. They're they're acting like human beings who get discouraged. And I understand that. But I go back to what it's taken in our country for people to get the right to vote. And many, many people have died in, in, in an attempt to win that. Um, and I really, I just think it's your cherished right. And if you don't go and use it, then your children won't go to use it. And then their children won't go to use it. And before we know it, we will all lose it. And uh, so I really, really, it's the key to a democracy. And our whole goal is to empower voters and defend democracy. Those are the two things the League of Women Voters wants to see happen. So please use your right to vote. And don't worry about whether it's going to do, this will be the time that your your candidate wins. Don't let that be the only reason that you vote. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our programs, you can listen to the whole show at the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are most of our local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays, following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. You know, we I'm a big digital kind of person. Abram is our host of Everyday Tech, and it is so easy to find all this digital information, but we completely recognize that many Mississippians don't own a smartphone, haven't gotten that uh cable, uh, a, a rural uh, internet to their homes yet. So do try to contact your circuit clerk's office. If you have any questions, also call the Secretary of State's office. If you have any questions, just call them up. Their fellow Mississippians, they should be able to help answer your questions uh, in person as it would be over the phone. But So much information is online if you have the capability to get to it. That Secretary of State's website is sos.ms.gov. You can find out how to register to vote, where to vote, uh, see your sample ballot, and also information about becoming a poll worker. We're, we're talking with Ruth O'Dell from Oxford, who's part of the League of Women Voters. And, you know, she mentioned she had had a long career in a, uh, a school district. 
a lot of times our greatest asset are those who have retired and do have some uh, time and wisdom that they can share with the rest of us. So if you find that you're available on voter election day, maybe consider signing up to become a poll worker. We're so excited to have Ruth O'Dell with us from the League of Women Voters, uh, and she's going to help us finish out our hour. And, and uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I, I want to ask just how did somebody get involved with the League of Women Voters? How would you? Uh, well, uh, I know we've been throwing around uh, websites, <laughs> but the, one of the ways is to go to lwv-ms.org. And that takes you to our state website, new refurbished, very, very good website. And on there, it will list our local leagues, East Mississippi, Pine Belt, Oxford, North Mississippi, Jackson Area League, Golden Triangle. And it will tell you'll be able to click on those leagues, whichever one uh, is you're in your area and uh, join. You can also join the league as a state member, a, a member at large. You know, let's just say you're off in a district that, you know, you, you're never way you'd be able to come to meetings or or that kind of thing, and you're you know you're not in that community of uh, of that collection of counties, so you can join it at, at large. So we have a lot of activities that way too. So we need these. We need people. We're no longer. I'd like to say this too. You know, I, I mentioned I was retired. We're no longer just little white old ladies. You know, we're not anymore. Uh, we have branched out. We have a very diverse population. I really want to shout out to the Golden Triangle. If That's a new chapter, and there's quite a few young people in there with lots of energy. Um, and so that's just one example. But in all of our all of our chapters, there's a diverse population age-wise, uh, and I really hope people will get rid of that that stereotype of the organization and get in there with us and learn and help uh, get people registered to vote and using their right to vote. Well, you, you know, you mentioned the, the increasing diversity of the, uh, of the league itself. And one of your initiatives is DEI. And if you can talk just a little bit about that and, and how that yeah. works. Yes. So I guess it's been now at least five to 10 years where DEI has become one of the principles of the League of Women Voters at U.S., state, and local chapters. Uh, if you're not familiar with the words, it's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and I just want to spend a minute on that because diverse means all kinds of different people. All right. Just a, a, a Anybody who wants to be there. Equity means something a little more. You know, equity means that everybody has a voice. They may be in a diverse group, but that doesn't mean people always have a voice. And so we're committed to not only being diverse, but listening and and hearing the different perspectives of the diverse populations that we have. And then inclusion making everybody feel part of the organization, not just equal access, but a part of it. And and really, I know we can have the principles that can all be written down, 
But where you see that happening in our leagues is the relationships that we build. And because we have a diverse uh, population involved, and I mean old, young, men, women, black, white, uh, sexual orientation, whatever, um, we, we, we learn to know each other personally working for a common goal. And that's where you really make a difference with DEI. Ruth, I I personally applaud and appreciate you being a volunteer and giving of your time for this uh, nonpartisan uh, organization. Thank you. And thank you for being on our show today. Great. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap us up for this In Legal Terms. Our team consists of Abram Nanny, who's our board op and our podcast producer. And I think we've had Kevin Farrell and Jermaine Flood as our phone screener. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Please join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.